Hey everybody, welcome to Rockpile Talkpile. This is Zach, uh, otherwise known as Zach17. Um, joining us today, we got Jason and Alex. What's up, guys? Hey guys, I'm Jason. Hey, I'm Alex. I'm back. This is my second episode. Thanks for having me back, guys. Finally. Welcome so back. For those of you, yeah, for those of you that don't know Alex, he's kind of our... Without him, the sub wouldn't look the way it does, <laughs> certainly. He uh, makes it every, everything look pretty and function, functional and usable and everything like that. And it's contributes. a thankless job. It's a thankless and, job, but I do it. Yes. <laughs> this is the thanks. <laughs> we tell him thanks on Slack once a week, and that's yeah. the pay he gets. It's like Tuesday morning, <laughs> 3 a.m. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, so really quick, I guess before we started all the, on everything with the Rockies, Alex, uh, there was something you wanted to mention just a really quickly with the redesign. Yeah. Uh, so the redesign it's, it's happening. We can't stop it. It's uh, Reddit wide. They're forcing people to do it. Um, I am working on trying to get our sub to still look like our sub. I think that for us, we're going to lose a little bit of functionality and I'm sorry about that. Um, but we're not in the position that like our baseball is or our CFB, where you know they've got these extremely complicated things. So it, it's I'm working on it. When you are forced to do the changeover, it should still at least resemble <laughs> what we have right now. Um, there are some kinks in the system. Like I, I put a Google Calendar on the sidebar, and for whatever reason, that data is not updating properly. But that's not on us that's on i think the new reddit system so um just bear with it if you look at the new one if you get forced under the redesign you're like well this kind of looks like garbage um yeah some of it does a little bit but we're working on it and there are ways for those of you that haven't seen there are ways in your settings to force it back to the old look. yeah um, um if you do well if you do old.reddit.com backslash oh, r slash colorado rockies it will go to the old one and if you go into your preferences for the time being, you can still uncheck the um, use the redesign as my default uh, way of viewing Reddit. So you can still go to the so old one. You can still use it for a while. If you see it and you hate it, you can go to the old one. And if you see it and you hate it, don't blame Alex. It's something that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, I swear it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back to the Rockies. Back to the Rockies. Um, I think that like small, really, really small thanks that we gave Alex is probably about the same amount of thanks that we could give the Rockies offense. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I mean the offense is back to not being good, and I back, know that we see back. It's been two months. It's just it's, it's well, and it's been it's been eight months. Um, I, guess I know so, that yeah. people are saying that like you need to give the Rockies a chance, and you need to they're going to come out of it, and that cliche that everybody's parroting all over twitter now if you just know this team is gonna hit but um since march of last year march and april of last year the rockies have had a, an above average offense by wrc plus one time uh, and they were 11th in july of 2017 and other than that they've been essentially in the bottom 20 every month including uh 25th in march of april of this year or and 29th so far in may of this year only 29th in may of this year because the diamondbacks have had a phenomenal collapse but thank you historically bad yeah, <laughs> run really bad the rockies in may are 29th by wrc plus and they have a 78 wrc plus and the diamondbacks are 30th with a 51 wrc plus so it's i mean it's a cliff from second to last to last but it's not that the rockies are slumping it when you have eight months worth of it it's no longer a slump. It's just an indicator of where the offense is. Man, it's bad. Yeah. The, uh, well, it's largely the same offense as last year. I mean, what really? Who's who's any different? From- well, no, it's it's worse than last year because you gave Ian Desmond more time. <laughs> We're giving him as more time. Blake has been. It's Blake better has, than he's it's, injured. It's yeah. Blake has had a sophomore slump of epic proportions, which we won't the admit big- to because we're the Rockies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're starting game again tonight, and the big, the only big, big difference was that uh, Ionetta coming in for a full season maybe could have made. You know, we had Lucre for two months, and and thinking that maybe getting Ionetta for six months as opposed to Lucre for two months would make the difference. But Ionetta hasn't been good either. Yeah, I looked up Lucre the other day, and I know you can't really totally base things on this player season versus this player season in two months. But I think Lucre is like a hundred and one win red grade plus. And Ionetta's at, like, what, 70? I still fully expect 
I ended a breakout. He's the he's probably the only guy right now that's bad that I look at and say he's going to be good, but he's the one for me. Um, he's at seventy three. But then, then you have the whole interesting predicament of how important is Tony Walter's defense when he's hitting below one hundred and fifty, and. I mean, that's, you know, because you can't, you know, he's just not going to play every day. And so then you have Walters who plays phenomenal defense, mm-hmm. but where's the cutoff? Right. Of, like where, do, where do those curves meet that it's no longer, his yeah. defense is no longer worth it. The, the one or two plays that Tony Walter and the calls he's going to get are those more than the fact that he's never going to get on base. Yeah. What, what, at what point is he worth it? And I'm sure you, well, I pointed out to you guys that uh, Tony or Tony, Tom Murphy's mom, is Kelly. carrying his torch all over Twitter right yeah. now. It <laughs> makes no sense. Every time, yeah, like, every time somebody mentions Tom Murphy in anything, she is on it saying he needs to be in the majors. It's true. <laughs> I mean, and the thing all is... All they care about is defense. All they care about is defense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you have Ionetta performing at Ionetta level, we wouldn't necessarily be having this conversation and be like, oh, well, Tony Wolder's the defensive catcher. You know, maybe it's not so bad. But the overall catcher production is terrible. Yeah, when you're getting at that out of both of your catchers, um, yeah. it just it's it's a it's another hole at the bottom of the lineup kind of deal. And so, the Rockies um, are on, only Boston actually is getting worse production out of their catchers yeah, but than the Rockies. They've got everything else going for them. Our catchers yeah. are at negative point one WAR combined. Uh. And I mean, negative point one WAR isn't terrible, and a lot of that is propped up by things like Walter's defense and. Uh, you know, Yanetta is still a good framer yeah. and he doesn't really make have any if, mental miscues anywhere. If we just did offensive war, which is like a kind of different metric, um, they give Ionetta a negative 5.3 and Walters a negative 7.1. Yeah, which is, is not good. And I, Fangraphs, I believe, bases their, uh, their offensive metric there is still league adjusted. So zero yeah. is always going to be average. An average catcher, I mean, they don't be that good. Um, and the funny yeah, thing is, if you, add up, <laughs> if you add up yeah. um, Chris Ionetta and uh, Tony Walters' uh, negative offensive war, you get negative 12.4, which is 0.1 worse than Ian Desmond. <laughs> and that's just, that's I guess it's not war, but it's just their offensive rating. But yeah, yeah. there were, it, it hasn't, it's, it's trouble, but I guess pointing out like you did that um they're still at point negative point one more is definitely a, a you know it points out how good their defense has been but it's also you don't want to have replacement level players on your roster if you can help it and the rockies right now have multiple replacement level players or below that um they're people who are costing so, games yeah, yeah and i guess when you say replacement it really means like any guy from triple a yeah, replacement level player is like a guy that would go back and forth. Like you'd call him a quadruple A player almost. And there's the expectation that if a team, if a team had zero war, like if every one of their players just posted zero war for the season, they'd win. A team would win about forty eight games. And then anything that you're producing above that is where that all plays in. So forty eight games is about your baseline, and then you can get into like Pythagorean theorems and all that, and that's a whole can of worms. But essentially you can base what a team is doing based on that war and that baseline war. And the Rockies are kind of outperforming that right now because their war has been bad. Yeah. I think we'll get more individual based with individual decisions on why certain people are where they are um, later on in the podcast. But as, as a team, the Colorado Rockies are still really, really bad. Um, We have the worst way to runs created plus in the league Um, worse than the Marlins by six pull points and things are things are bad and we're not changing anything again i don't know how many times we have to say this and it's i mean i gosh john brought up that point earlier today and and john's not on the podcast today as you guys have noticed he didn't even give us a doctor's no we don't know why he's here but yeah i'm not gonna um, excuse him (laughs) (laughs) he uh apparently purple dinosaur podcast pointed out that Dwayne sb was isn't well liked yeah, he's not well. Yeah, he was our hitting coach in the mm-hmm. minors, and he was not well liked by the players, and that's why he was let go. Um, and then has just kind of floated around the organization as a plate, you know, kind of placeholders for him. And now is our hitting coach in the majors, 
and has been our hitting coach in the majors, you know, these past couple of years that we've had an awful offense. So, yeah, so he's not well liked and the results aren't there. And yet, <laughs> he still has the job. Well, and it's. It would be the I easiest thing. You know. Well, I joked with you guys too that he must be a friend of Munford's because there's a there's yeah. always been a historical thing of the Munford's keeping guys around because they're loyal to a fault and they're having faults. Work. All they have is yeah. faults. Yeah, like if you when you're looking at this offense and saying like it's it's kind of that whole like is it is it everybody else that's that's right or is it me that's right? And obviously they the Munford's think they're right and everybody else is wrong when the results just aren't there. Well, do you think, though, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm jumping ahead here on it. But one of the things um, that keeps coming up is the lack of criticism for a first-place team or that can be levied against a first-place team. I mean, how much are they getting confirmed, though, that things are kind of going right? It's a good point. A lot of people are like, well, I mean, we're in first place. Why would you criticize a team that's in first place? Um, I mean, there's plenty of arguments to say, like, just because we're in first place now doesn't mean we couldn't do better. Um Jason well and I keep belaboring the point that the the Rockies are in first place because the Diamondbacks are bad the Rockies aren't in first place because the the Rockies are good and um, in our last 31 games the Rockies are 15 and 16 they're a game below 500 in that span and they haven't come back from a deficit greater than two like if the Rockies trail by more than two at any point in the game they've lost every game um, they have a first place team not, is not twenty six and twenty four. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a sh- it's a race to the bottom right now in the NL West, and everybody yeah. thought it was going to be one of the best divisions in baseball. And I mean, the Rockies the Rockies have not won a game if they enter the seventh inning trailing. Um, they just they they're not they're they're not there. There's nothing that look that you look at the Rockies and say this is a first place team outside of their pitching. pitching. But even that pitching is just you can't. You can't get three hits in a game like they did on Monday and have people that will remain nameless saying this is the formula for the team to win you because it's not. You can't. Then they did the yeah. They run did the prevention same thing the next only goes so far. They, yeah. You okay? They did the same thing the next two games? And they lost both games. I, I counted it. There have been um, thirteen games out of fifty where we've had less five hits or less. I mean, I know it's a counting stat, and maybe there was like an error or something could have been hit, but thirteen game a quarter of your games you have five hits or less. You, and isn't it? Didn't you say that it's half our games that we haven't scored more than three runs? Which is ridiculous. You can't yeah, ask any more of the pitching staff to to limit to three runs. Right. So you have qual- you have Kyle Freeland who has put up um, six Stutter. straight quality starts, and he's gotten a loss in at least two of those because we can't score any runs. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, and you can you saw Arenado um, versus the uh, the gum bucket. Yeah, the high chew, which I found out apparently <laughs> is not gum, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was he was frustrated and that I that's good to see and and then because then you also have it's the weirdest thing to me that you have the argument that I've seen from a couple places of people saying, well, it's because Nolan and Charlie are slumping and people are really like they're they're willing to point out that Nolan and Charlie are doing poorly right now, which they kind of are, but for the most I mean, they're both still above average baseball players on the season and mm-hmm. both of them well above average. And they're willing to point that out, but if you point out that Desmond has been garbage, they suddenly are like offended by that. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, it's you can only point out that the people who are actually doing fairly well are not performing like at the top of their game, but everyone else is like off limits and doesn't make any sense. If you yeah, if you have no protection for Arenado, he's going to hit the ball, but they're all going to be singles. There's nobody yeah, on base in front of him. And Aaron, I think Arenado is not seeing the ball well right now, especially against righties. I think his WRC plus is below average against righties, but it's huge against lefties, and that's what's keeping him in it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's just a bizarre thing to me that pointing out when Chuck is bad is one hundred percent okay, and pointing out that Desmond just is bad is somehow like the worst thing you can do. He just he just is bad, and the thing is, if we're going to like, I know we've gotten out of another year, but. You can't have him be this angry at a team that he's trying to stay on. You know, he's not going to stay. And his it it feels like Arenado's angry right now because he's like you said he's he doesn't have protection. He's not getting anything from around him and um like yes, he's the superstar of the team, but expecting him to carry the entire team isn't like you just can't. That's not something you can do because he's he's out if that's the case. Yeah. He's just gone. Well, I got those splits on Nato. Um 
versus righties, he's a 90-weighted runs created plus. Uh, Which still isn't terrible, but it's not Arenado levels. Versus lefties, it's 227. Right, and that's where he props it up. Um, but he's yeah, he's he's missing he's missing pitches that everybody knows what pitch is coming, and Arenado's still missing it. The the other night there was a pitch outside, and somebody just said if he throws him this pitch, he's going to swing at it, and he threw him that pitch, and he swung at it. So I mean, that's it's certainly a thing. It's just that he's been good across the board with the exception of being a little bit below average against righties and everybody's kind of like, well, if not, if, if Nolan hits, then we'll be fine, but you can't expect that all the time. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to take like a, a mini break and go basically cause the whole team is bad. And we're going to talk about how there are these individuals and how the individuals are there and why the individuals there and what we're supposed to do and how we could fix it. So we'll see you after the break. All right, welcome back to the Rock Pile Talk Pile. Um, we're going to take a one last look at uh, the team's uh, batting stats leaders, weighted runs created plus. Um, again, over 100, it's going to be better than average. You'll never guess who the best batter on the, the Colorado Rockies is, according to weighted runs created plus. It's Antonio Sensatella, exactly. <laughs> Actually, <yeah. laughs> Yes, if you go by if you go with a with a minimum of, of like zero four. plate appearances, yeah, then it's sorry, I had to. I had to. Um, so we got your your Nada Blackman, Lemayhew, and Story are all over hundred, and then David Dahl is uh, seventy nine, and Noel Cuevas is seventy seven. So they're both overall below average players. Um, and I think something that can be said for both Dahl and Cuevas that you have to remember when you're looking at some of their stuff is that they've come in into a lot of pinch hit situations. Right, and, which is hard. I mean, you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll hear any player say that pinch hitting is like the hardest thing you can do. So right. when theirs is a little lower, you almost expect it. Yeah, and also like David Dahl um, versus righties as a lefty has like a, a 314 average. He's got a weighted run created plus of 123. He can hit righties. And then Noel Cuevas um, looks like he could hit lefties at 104. It's only well, there's a way. So yeah, to, to, to bring those two out. And where Cuevas gets dinged uh, is that so far he just hasn't hit for any power. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got a really low walk rate and a low strikeout rate. So the low walk rate kind of hurts him, and the low strikeout rate is, is solid. He just – his – Slugging and his on-base percentage are essentially the same, and so that's going to bring down that WRC plus number. Yeah, um, his hard hits are not great right now. I I really like Cuevas, um, but you got to get some some extra base hits here and there. Yeah, and getting the extra base hits is certainly important. But uh, I mean, if he's getting if he's getting on base, which he's I mean he's getting on base at a decent clip. It's not huge, but three thirty nine is his on-base percentage so far. I mean, if he's getting on base. It's hard to complain about just because we have so many guys who have yeah. um, on base percentages that are significantly lower than that. Right. But either way, if maybe there was a way you could, like, I don't know, hit David Dahl versus righties and <laughs> Cuevas versus lefties. Somehow platoon those two. <laughs> what? What's a platoon? <laughs> but that's your 79, your 77. So we're still below average overall. But if we were having, what, like 123 way runs created plus or 104 weighted runs created plus based on the matchup and then they're both getting starting time it sounds like a solution yeah it's and and it just goes back into the whole thing of like those some of those weird lineups that black puts out that people just kind of scratch their head like, about why and, are you doing this and then I, like one more thing that i would say about that whole offense and people saying you shouldn't complain about it is that every time black puts out a weird offense and it scores a bunch oh, of runs everybody goes see black knows what he's doing and every time he puts out a bad offense and it just tanks nobody it's says anything weird. about it like it's yeah it's it's like you're you're allowed you're not allowed to criticize a lineup and then when it does poorly or when it does well you're supposed to praise the lineup like there's no in between somehow yeah we're going to talk about Black, Bridge, and Espy in a second. I want to finish this up for a second. Gerardo Parra's weighted runs created plus this year is 77. That is not average. It's not 100. He's not a starter. But right now, 
I mean, he's been doing better right now, and somehow he's our um, our cleanup guy. Yeah, Parra's been hot recently. He certainly is somebody that's getting a little bit of attention just due to recency bias. But if he can, I mean, if he can keep it going, like there's no reason to think that Parra can't be about an average player. Right. And he's making a little bit more than maybe an about average player should be making. Mm-hmm. But Parra, everything about him says that he should be able to play to that yeah. 100 WRC. Plus. His May weight. You're saying he's not. He's not an egregious contract, though. Like is what you're saying, though. Unlike some of the other ones, it's not perhaps. enormous. No, I don't. I don't personally look at what's par making this year. Is 12, it, is, you said? Is it the end of his deal? Yeah, so it's, I think it was 8, 10, 12. So yeah. he's making 12, which is still, I mean, that's a lot of money for an average player, right. but it's, it's not a $22 million heavily below average player. But but in the overall scheme of things, we paid, it's like three years for... Three years, $30 million. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to finish this up. Uh, Ionet is at 73 ways, runs created plus. So we've named a couple of people in the offense. And then there's Herman Marquez who is at 56, who's just killing it. You know, Herman Marquez's average is 313 right now. <laughs> and it's uh, kind of funny because, I mean, it's, 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 he's definitely a product of a little bit of, of a bad bit because you get a 417 bad bit. Right. He, just, he slaps the ball and it works. I know. And that's where we're going to end because every single other player on the Colorado Rockies offense is worse than Herman Marquez. And that's something. <laughs> and to put that, so to put that, to put that in a little bit of perspective, um, the guy right behind Herman Marquez is Carlos Gonzalez, who has a fifty WRC plus. Which fifty WRC plus means you are fifty percent worse than what the average player is. WRC plus is always adjusted so that one hundred is league average. It's always a hundred. Um, so Carlos Gonzalez is fifty percent worse than league average player, and it is only goes down from there. Desmond McMahon and obviously the few pitchers, but then Walters, Valleca, Daniel Castro, Talkman when he was up. So there's a lot of names that are below that fifty percent number and below Marquez. Um, so going on about this, we always talk about rate runs created plus and league average, um, mostly because we want to get a, a larger scope of things. You know. Um, like Alex, do you remember any like recent games where it was like one person like really influenced it? Uh, is that supposed to be a setup for me to 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 smack this one home? Um, there's like you know when there's like a person who wins a ball game, like uh, there was that <laughs> Ian Desmond ball game, um, where he uh, just he what hit two home runs and drove in all the all the runs that game in San Fran or something was it? Yeah, you get two home runs and I had four. Four, four yeah. 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 And, like, I'm I'm sure, like, you've remembered, um, like, one player in the Tigers or something who's just, like, completely killed at that game. Well, I mean, who but who was overall not very good? Brandon Andrews used to yeah. do that kind of garbage all the time. People love that dude, and I don't really know why. Um, right. <laughs> so I think what we want to talk about in this segment is not only do all the individual players of the Rockies are also terrible – at batting right now currently it's been two months and if you have an influential game like once every week or two where you're doing a lot of work that one game that doesn't help the team as a whole well it's even worse than that because it's not just the one game or two games it's often literally one at bat that people are talking about and it's like no 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 you hit this one thing it's like well okay you got he got at bat five times that game you know, what about the other times? Like, that's what I don't understand. Yeah, there's too much emphasis among a lot of people of like, well, his this at bat won us the game. And, and it, then they ignore the fact that the other, yeah, the other four at bats put us in the hole that then the game needed to be <laughs> yeah, won. Exactly. You wouldn't, need, you wouldn't like, need this home run at the end of the game. Yeah, if you, were, you wouldn't need it there. There are, so, there are other sports where you can use that. You know, like if you have a guy who's just, great at punt returns or like two minute drill or something or if you have a guy who's just great at that one three-point shot to win the game he's a very very valuable player Robert Ory, that's all he did his entire career sure sure yeah, one yeah so and so you can there's certain stats out there that are different like so one that is kind of easy to use is a stat called win probability added and typically it's just done on a game level and a game has a total of 1,000 points of win probability added and 500 points, positive 500 points go to the winning team and negative 500 points go to the losing team. And you can go through and just see, like maybe your starting pitcher went out and added, you know, 200 points of, of win probability, but your offense 
dropped 700 points of win probability to, like, to bring it back to that 500. So you can look at players like Ian Desmond and say, yes, he had this one at-bat that added this much win probability, but he had these four other at-bats that reduced it. Or you can look at a stat that's called um, weighted runs added. And it really is. It's just like these are the runs that you contributed to your team. This is like you caused these runs to happen. They were they happened because of you. You were important here. And Ian Desmond has the 19th lowest on that list. You're talking about WRAA? WRAA, yeah. Yeah. And he's a so it's a it, it's it's yeah, it's a way to look at like I'm so happy that you had this at bat that you contributed in, but why didn't you contribute in the other four so that we were in that situation in the first place? He's at negative seven point five. Yeah, the leader is Cole Calhoun, who has been historically bad so far this year, who's at eighteen point six. Cole Cal- Calhoun currently has a WRC plus of two. So it's pretty bad. It's Rockies are trading for him. Yeah, that'll be the thing. Yeah, so I'm already there. The way runs created plus for Ian Desmond at at home is zero. Is it really? I mean, it's not plus at home. It's negative twenty six. I'm sorry. So the way runs created is zero. The way runs created plus at home is negative twenty six. How are you so bad at Coors? Yeah, and negative and negative is hard to do. And negative is really yeah, really hard to do at Coors. Really hard and home versus righties is negative 35 but we're starting him every day i wanted i uh thomas harding was on mlb network the other day answering some questions and i so much hope that he would answer the question of how much is ian desmond's playing time a mandate from the front office and how much of it is bud black um i mean bud black sure seems content to march him out there every day but you gotta wonder if it's like I mean, you do want to get your $22 million man right. Like, you, you want to get him at bats and you want to have him show up, but he hasn't been good at all. The as entire a player. contract almost. Yeah. So, at what point do you say he's just not going to get right? Yeah, I mean, eight the, home the Red runs Sox is. Have, uh, the Red Sox just did that. I mean, there was a post today, go after the DFA'd uh, Ramirez that they've sure. DFA'd like $255 million worth of payroll basically in the last like three years it's insane yeah the resident castillo stuff too yeah it's a, and well and panda yeah. um it's a lot it's not the curse of it's a curse of being i don't think the rockets are a small market team personally i just don't but it's a curse of being maybe a middle market yeah. team the red sox eat 250 million dollars then it's whatever if the rockies eat 250 million dollars tomorrow we'd have a 30 million dollar payroll yeah. next year um and it's where, like, L.A., it's, it's, everybody talks about, well, L.A. didn't have the highest payroll in the league last year. And you're not wrong, but if L.A. goes out and gives somebody a terrible contract, it doesn't affect them. Right. Whereas when the Rockies give somebody a terrible contract, it really hamstrings them. Like, I don't think we can – I feel like we are not allowed to do much more this year. I think – was it J.C. or something came on and said we had all this extra room that we could do something with in July or something because we didn't sign anybody – but yeah, there's. But if we wait compared till, to last year's payroll, we have a little bit of play. Yeah, but you you wait till July, and we're we're gone. I mean, the so Hanley was DFA'd. He had a, what a ninety weighted runs created plus. He plays 90, first yeah. base. I would throw a million dollars at that. He had a really good march and april uh-huh. ramirez did and then has had a really bad yeah, day it's, it so then you crazy yeah, his drop off was can, just yeah it was, it was huge so it's a it's a question of like you wonder if he yeah. can bounce or back. injured or something he's not saying anything but and if you're a guy going into a free agent year because he will be going into a free agent ne- year next year and you feel like you can um maybe bounce back and show off like can you think of a better place to do that in field yeah if Han- if he comes out and Posts a one thirty WRC plus and hits some dingers and hits a gets a few extra base hits and plays average defense at first base. You got to think that plays into somebody giving him a contract again. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's no better place to come back than here. And it would be the place to do it. I mean, also, what if you made up for the whole two thousand seven ordeal? <laughs> you know. Okay, so I think now we're on to the part where it is May. It's almost June. We're barely above 500. Our offense is terrible. We haven't done anything. It's been two months. We don't – the Lake is still on the team. Um, 
And so this kind of comes down to why have no moves been made? What moves could be made? What's stopping us from making moves? Is it options? It's, I mean, with most of these guys, it's not options. Like Valeka, <laughs> Valeka has so long. Valeka has options. Um, with a lot of these guys, it's not options. It's, they're just not doing much. Now, on the trade front, I understand that they haven't done anything just because when you're a team looking, especially at this time of year, you don't really hold the cards. Like, you, it, you have, when the deadline is coming closer and closer and closer, and teams then are like, ah, hell, we're not going to get what we wanted for this guy, so we'll accept a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Then you, as the team that's looking for somebody, have some cards to play. But Royals are selling. It's, yeah, it's just when it's May, like you can ask for a lot more, and if you don't get it, you don't get it. You just wait and see if you get it. Whereas when it's July 30th, then right hand is forced a little more. But that's now, 30 games from now, right? Yeah, and now so not using more than 30 yeah, games. 50. It's, it's, it's 40 or 50 games months, yeah. of us yeah, being terrible before we do anything. So the question then is, why aren't they using some of those options? You know, Valeka can absolutely go up and down. McMahon was, yes, he was bad, but he can go up and down. And McMahon is a natural second baseman. Um, Murphy can go up and down. Tapia can go up and down. Like there's all these guys out there. Garrett Hampson can go. He just got AAA though. Derek Gibson's been on AAA a little longer. Not that he's going to make like a huge impact or anything, but anything's better than Valeka right now. Yeah, and it's something you can try. That that yeah, like you said, is anything is better than Valeka because I mean Valeka's on pace for a four negative four WAR season, and he's not going to get there because he's not going to get the plate appearances. You don't know that. (laughs) He started tonight. I mean, even getting even getting a negative even, even getting a negative two WAR season is really unheard of and and the lake is at negative 1.5 in like 79 at bats or something silly like that that's like negative baseball intellect as a gm yeah it's like so so why not why not use those options you have so many options available to you and there's no reason for you to not try something that isn't pat valaka and so I was kind of I was kind of adding things up, and if you think of all the moves that Jeff Bridich has done, let's start with let's start with the good moves that Jeff Bridich has done in his time here. Um, he got rid of the two low contract, um, and you, we think that Hoffman was probably a good choice. Just for some reason, his injury is kind of delaying him now, and we're just always waiting on Hoffman. If he can put it together, it'd be great. But I don't, I don't know. Can you can you say that was a still a good trade because we got rid of two low? We got rid of Tulo. We ate a lot of Reyes money. Hoffman is looking good again. So if that's something that pans out, which we've gotten our hopes up so many times, then it's good. Um, but that wasn't one that you were expecting it to be bad. Yeah, every, I mean, everybody thought that Hoffman was going to be the centerpiece of that trade, and he's bounced right. back and forth. So if I mean, if Hoffman can figure yeah. it out, then it makes that trade look look way way favorable to the Rockies, just because. Too low is too low and can't stay healthy. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to be fair to British and say like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to hold that one against you. I think the best way I've seen that trade described is kind of a lose lose. Nobody won that trade, so well, he didn't lose, but he didn't win either. So it's kind of like equal, but kind of negative a little bit. Y- yeah, you like didn't you get was, anything. You didn't get anything, but you <clears throat> also got what you got but we didn't nobody won, nobody won the and trip. not a single one of the other prospects like stayed with us either or we got anything for or well Castro. we have we have jesus to know ghost but he's in a ball i think right now and doing poorly yeah. in a ball so um so then we go on to like the cory diggerson trade which seems actually pretty okay besides jake mcgee's recent struggles and Jake McGee has struggled recently, but he's still been good. Like you don't look at McGee and think that he's like, I mean, he hasn't been as bad as like Brian Shaw, for example. Yeah, we're gonna get to the bad ones in another second. Um, <laughs> Greg Holland signing for a year, pretty darn good. The Greg Holland signing worked out really well. Alex, I think, what was your comment on the Greg Holland signing? Well, move? the uh, the non move ended up being the best move of it, not having him, you know. Afterward, is <laughs> really because he tried to yeah. sign him again, right? They did. They offered him the qualifying offer, yeah. or not the qualifying offer. They uh, they did the, the, the well. No, they gave him what the what Wade Davis wanted. That's what they yeah. did. Um, which or what they gave Wade Davis, which leads us in, to Wade Davis, who has been a very good signing so far. Davis has been a good signing. He's I mean he's leading. He's tied for the lead, I guess, in 
saves with Seattle's closer, who I can't remember the name of. Clomet? But who's not? Who's right. no longer the Tampa Bay closer? Was, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I can't remember his name, but but yeah. Did, I mean, did you say Seattle or Tampa Bay? He's it's it's Seattle. Oh, Edwin Diaz. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's blown two saves in 19 opportunities, which I mean, you'll take that. Like if if that panned out two months into if that went out two months into the season right now, if he went 51 of 57, which is what his pace is about right now, it's actually a little bit higher than that. But if he went 51 of 57 saves you would be all about Wade Davis. Yeah, I was looking, I was looking. So when he's, I'm sorry. When he's got those, two, well, I just was going to say, when he's got those two early blown saves, you, there's not a lot to do there. You know, I was looking at McGee, his FIP this year is 5.58. Last year was 2.93. The year before is 3.29, well, 5.29. The year before is about 2.33. The year before is about 5. The year before was 3. So he goes, yeah, he goes, he goes back and forth, and has been bad this year. So maybe we should have just like only signed him on what is it, odd years? Odd years, yeah. Go the, go the opposite. Yeah, of the say odd year bullshit. Year. Right there. That's what that is. <laughs> um, so then we kind of go into the fact that the Colorado Rockies team that's been assembled right now—that is not Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman, DJ Lemayhew. I mean, I know he re-signed Charlie Blackman, but that's not particularly difficult. I don't think. Because Blackman was going to stay, probably. Yeah, I mean, the way he was talking about it, yeah, he didn't. I, I mean, he took a pretty, you know, reasonable, favorable to the team kind of deal. So I don't think that he was. Right. So know. I'm not really giving him credit for that. But you had Nato, Blackman, DJ, Story, and those were going to be on the team no matter what. Yeah, what he inherited. It's um, it's. So, I feel like I feel like so far I was thinking about it the other day that so far uh, Breidich and. Dan O'Dowd have been polar opposites because every team that O'Dowd put together hit the ball mm-hmm. and couldn't pitch to save their lives. <laughs> and so far, every team that Bridish has put together is pitching out of their minds yeah. and cannot hit the ball to save their lives. So we just need a co co GM. Yeah. So so then because <laughs> it worked out really well. So then we get to Gerardo Parra, um, who is below average and is a bridge connection. Ayanet is much below average this year. You think he's going to come back? That'd be nice. Cargo is um, because of British came back. Desmond is because of British. Um, Ryan Mc- Cargo is because of Nolan. A little because of Nolan. To be fair, yeah. uh, Ryan McMahon hasn't had decent playing time because of Black. Uh, Tony Walters is still on the lineup because I don't know Black or British. He's still on the lineup because of defense. Because of defense. Uh, Valeka is still there because of Black or British. Castro is still here for some reason because of British. Talkman stayed too long. It's it. Well, and, Ta- and Talkman's been doing really well in the PCL. I mean, you, I, and you do have yeah, you have a lot of guys that. I don't know. I don't. I don't. The the knock on British right now for me is the Desmond signing has been really bad, and that was the one you that, couldn't mess that, up. And the yeah, I mean, it was, but it will always be that signing that everybody got the notification or the text message or something that said the Rockies signed Ian Desmond to seventy million dollars, and everybody went. What? Nobody understood that signing because it was so, not a good signing. It doesn't make any sense. So that's the one I really hold against him. But I mean, there are signings out there that he's made that have certainly helped this team. And you can't, you, I mean, you can't deny the fact that we made the playoffs last year with kind of a brightish team, a team that he would like to put together of bullpen and good starting pitching because our offense was bad last year right and so you can I mean, you, you have to give him that but well he already had marquez well he was a reason for marquez he already was he freeland did he draft freeland he did not draft freeland. okay um but it was, i mean like i i anderson I go back did he draft forth, like, anderson uh, of the pitchers that we have on our roster, I don't think that Brightest drafted of, of the starting pitching that we have. I don't know that Brightest drafted any of them. So, um, but it's it's the it's the bullpen signings he's made that have been big, and it's also just the way that they that the GM can control um, kind of the development of those players and not do what O'Dowd did and toy with every little thing uh, that our guys were, you know. Like we always talk about um, Tyler Matzik and just how badly the Rockies screwed up everything about him, mm. and I think 
Breidich has done a better job of, even though he didn't necessarily draft them, of um, making sure their development is better than it's been in the past. But sometimes you should really be toying around. Like he should be toying. He needs to be toying around with like options. Just he needs to have options. Use the options. Using the options, but I think he's done a good job of not screwing over guys in the minors, with the exception of Ryan McMahon, who has been so poorly handled. It's like, ridiculous. Um, you were mentioning the bullpen. I think we'll take another quick break, and then we'll kind of finish on the bullpen. All right. See you guys. Later. Welcome back to Rock Style. <laughs> Thanks, Alex, for the uh, elongated claps. That was that was. <laughs> was that the internet then? It was the internet. It was the internet. I don't know. <laughs> I appreciated it either way. Um, I was just excited to come back. Oh, we're excited to have you. <laughs> um, what else is exciting? Having the the uh, bullpen that is just super and great and most paid and the best performing or is it minus minus the best performing oh part. yeah that part <laughs> um why don't we run down um we talked about it like a bunch of episodes again over about how it's hard to evaluate a bullpen on era or war alone because they have such small sample sizes um so we sometimes want to use this run expectancy based on 24 base out states or RE24. So, Jason, you want to run that down with us? Um, I, why don't you go ahead? I don't have it in front of me. I'm oh. sorry. Um, it's kind of gives credit or or subtracts credit for a batter, a pitcher, and the role in changing a team's odds of scoring or preventing runs in a given inning. Um, it's basically the end state minus the beginning state plus the runs scored. So if you're given this um, state, and you subtract the beginning state from the end state, and you add the runs scored, you get this nice statistic that kind of tells you what really happened based on the bullpen. So, so something, yeah, here we go, to have this get back in front of me, something that's to, to make it a little easier is that based on every state of the game of how many runners there are, what base they're on, and how many outs there are. So like if you have a runner on second with two outs, there's a certain amount of runs that you're expected to score. Or if you have bases loaded with no outs, right. like you're expected. So bases loaded, no outs, you're expected to score 2.282 runs. Um, so it's yeah. like this matrix of different situations that all then play into what you're expected to do. And you can use that to look at an offense to say the offense was expected to score this many runs and they actually scored this many to give you that RE24. And then with a pitcher, you can say the offense was expected to score this many runs and the pitcher limited to them to or allowed them to score right. this many runs and get that RE24 for a pitcher. Right. And so um, with us having the most expensive bullpen in baseball, you would think that our run expectancy would be fairly good. We are, where are we? Are you serious? Oh, sorry, I wasn't sorting it right. I think we're 16, 16th. Um, we are 16th. So right there in the middle of the bag. Which is not exactly what you paid for. Um, it's not what you paid for, and it's also, um, we've been on the road a lot, so if that, RE24 does not um, RE24 doesn't adjust for parks mm-hmm. it just is a just a simple matrix of here's what's going to happen so if if that's something that's happening on the road where we're a middle of the pack team um, it worries you about what happens at Coors I mean, we've played like 65% of our games so far on the road so if that number is going to go up at Coors it certainly has a chance to yeah the uh, our number is 5.26 the Brewers are in first with 42.97 and then there's Diamondbacks, Cubs, Astros, Red Sox, Braves, Padres, Phillies. A lot of good teams. Um, Padres have been, yeah, Padres have been oddly good. And then if you look at like just one that's a simple um, 100 average stat is that ERA minus we've talked about a few times. And the Rockies are 19th in ERA minus. For, for so the bullpen or overall? For the bullpen. So they are not where you want them to be. Our XFIP as is 10th. Um, but I think what kind of also I haven't liked is our home run per fly ball rate. Um, 
when we signed um, when we signed Dunn, I think there was that whole worry like he might be good, but he'll give up some home runs. And when we signed Shaw, it was also he might be good, but he'll give up some home runs. Well, and wait, there was a worry about that with actually Wade Davis as well. And the home runs that he has given up have been cheapies. I mean, that one he gave up for the Brewers that game, it was like, I mean, if that ball is three inches shorter, it bounces off the scoreboard instead. Yeah. Um, and so you can use that XFIP minus, uh, and XFIP is again the one that's a little more like Park you base. got, well, yeah, you got lucky on this home run or you got a hose on this home run. And if you go XFIP, we're top 10 bullpen. So it's a case of maybe we've been a little unlucky on some of those. But yeah, it's still, there's still home runs that we've There's still home runs. You can't field a home run. And we are the third worst bullpen at home runs per fly ball. So the Royals are worst at 15.4%. Then there's Indians at 149 Then there's the Colorado Rockies at 14.7% home runs per fly ball. And that's again with us playing away uh, most uh, yeah a lot of our games yeah. on the road so it's actually we played sixty two point five percent of our games on the road so it's I mean it's not a exaggeration when we say we played a lot of our games on the road and we're giving up a lot of fly balls per home run and that's again a number that you can only expect to go up at Chris Field. Mm. Well, let me ask you guys: if it's not our offense and it's not our bullpen that's led us to be number one in the division, what what has done it then? Kyle Freeland and only Kyle. Oh, I was, was going to say Williams. <laughs> <laughs> it's our start. I mean, it, it still is our starting pitching. And yeah, we 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 complain about this, we complain about that. But Bettis has been good. Gray, outside of the games that he's Gray's issue is consistency, absolutely. But when he's on, he's on. Um, Marquez, when he's like away, we, we get that we get that goofy thing that the Rockies I think now have allowed the fourth most first inning runs in baseball. Um, like these guys go out and they let up two runs in the first, just like it's Friday night. I don't if people don't know that it's Friday night, May 25th that we're recording and the Rockies let up two runs to the Reds in the first inning. And then they settle in. Like we keep, we keep doing that. So it's like you look at them and you think to yourself, man, these guys just keep giving up runs and they're just haven't been good. But our starting pitching has been really good. And that is highlighted by Kyle Freeland. Yeah. who's had, six straight quality starts and has an ERA in the ones in those starts and has an, an ERA minus. Yeah. It's at one point was one of the best in the league. And he's it's like third uh, or something, right? Yeah. This last outing wasn't his greatest, but he still got a quality start. Um, it just wasn't as great because he didn't strike out a lot of guys. He, he only struck out three, which is actually kind of low for Freeland. Yeah. Um, but Freeland has been just an incredibly bright spot in that rotation that hasn't been bad. I mean, the Rockies, Rockies' rotation has been pretty solid. I looked up the first inning. The first inning Wobo for the Colorado Rockies is three seventy one, good for twenty fourth in the league. And then past that, I'm sh- I, I mean I don't know what the number is off the top of my head, obviously, but I'm sure it plummets. Um, if I add in the first through fourth, we climb to fourteenth. And if I go fifth and sixth, we would climb to twenty first. But if we just get rid of the first inning, get rid of that. Get rid of that first inning. I mean, eighteenth. Going by um, any of those ERA minus FIP, XFIP, any of those numbers that are a little bit more independent of the fact that the Rockies are just going to let up a lot of runs because of their game conditions. Uh, um, XFIP with second through sixth inning is three point nine two twelfth. Twelfth, okay, and as a, as a whole, the Rockies are in a lot of those stats are a top ten rotation. I mean, if you look at the top ten rotations by ERA minus, it's the Astros who are they have the holy they're cow. crazy. <laughs> they're, yeah, yeah. yeah. they're and just so much better. They're so much better. Was on our baseball. That was in the uh, the um, the strikeout per, uh, versus walks, right? And the innings pitched, and they were just. I mean, they, they were, were as far off to the top and right. As, as the graph be. of um, elevations of stadiums. So the, the interesting thing on that one that stuck <laughs> that out good. to me is um, the x-axis was, was um, innings pitched, and the Rockies have, from their starters, have gotten the fifth most innings pitched of any team so far. Uh, I know on that graph it showed fourth, but then that OP um, updated it because he had some coding error and they were actually fifth. But still, getting the fifth most, most 
uh, innings out of your starters is a really important step especially for the Colorado Rockies who especially for the Colorado Rockies your, your guys are staying good and so by ERA minus the Rockies are 10th with the with some some really good rotations in front of them there's not a rotation that I look at in front of them outside of maybe the Braves that you think to them think to yourself wow how are they ahead of the Rockies because it's all good teams up there in the top right 10. and and the Rockies are the Rockies are there the Rockies pitching their starting pitching is is why the Rockies are even at, you know where they are with the record that they have. It's why they're first place in the division. And I think the overall tone of the episode to wrap it up is that if you finally, for the first time, had good starting pitching at Coors Field that's giving you multiple innings, wouldn't it be super easy to get just one good offensive bat in this lineup or maybe two? Just yeah, win yourself games. Kyle Freeland having six straight quality starts and taking a loss in two of those isn't something you expect from the Rockies. When you're when your starting pitcher allows three runs, and you, like like it's not and it's not even a case of um, you know Freeland obviously is taking the loss because he's leaving the game behind. So it's not like the bullpen's going out and losing the game or anything like that. Yeah. And, and and Freeland's taking the no decision. Freeland's taking the loss because the Rockies can't score three runs. It, it's infuriating. It's depressing. Because you know, we might be in first for now, but if you can't score more than three runs in what, more than half your games, half your it is, games. It is not the formula for this team. Yeah, there's there's run prevention and they're scoring more than three runs. The joke I saw the other day was that Breidich is certainly taking run prevention to heart because not only are the other teams not scoring, but he's making sure ours doesn't score either. <laughs> All right, um... I think that's gonna it's gonna wrap it up for us to today. Um, we'll try to get another one out sometime soon, and maybe by then the Colorado Rockies front office will do anything. Make some moves. Make some moves. Uh, thanks right, to Alex to for uh, coming back on and all the work he does on the sub. Well, thank yeah, thanks you for at, having me, guys. We'll thank you at three a.m. on Tuesday. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Go Take care. Good talking, you guys. Yeah. Star,